0: This show is for the sales leader who knows they have a pivotal role in driving outstanding sales results. Getting hired or promoted to manage a sales team is a big accomplishment, but you know you have to work hard to become a great sales leader. You are listening to the Divine Comedy of Sales podcast. Here's your host, coach, and advisor to elite sales leaders from around the world,
1: Matt McDarvey. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Divine Comedy of Sales podcast. I'm Matt McDarby, veteran seller, leader, coach and advisor to elite sales leaders all over the world. I'm really excited to have you join and listen to today's episode. This is one of our interview episodes, and I'd like to introduce you to my very special guest right now. I have with me today Mark McCary who I have known for quite some time. I'll tell that story here in a moment. Mark is a longtime seller and leader. He currently is a partner at Sirius Development. He's focused on the healthcare arena today, but his work history includes focus on the energy sector. He's been in consulting. He's been in the information and media business. You name it, Mark's done it as a seller and a leader uh, over, the, uh, gosh, a couple of decades, right, Mark? Oh, yeah. And, um, We we met uh, when he was an up and comer, a high potential new leader at a division of McGraw Hill. And Mark, like I said, that was 20, almost 20 years ago. Can't believe it. Amazing. Yeah. (laughs) So, welcome, Mark. Thank you so much for joining the show. Thanks for having me. So, we're going to cover a couple of topics today. And I want to talk to you because, again, like I said at the top, you've been a, a bag carrying seller, a leader, you've led a marketing function, you've been a consultant. I mentioned what you're doing today. So we're going to kind of cover a little bit of ground right up front about your focus, what you're doing in the market today, because I've always found you to be really thoughtful and kind of a student of the market, more so than other people that I know. And then we'll dive into sales leadership and some of the things that you've learned that would be relevant for this audience. Okay. so Sounds good. So serious development. I'm really curious to hear about what the focus is there. Like I said, healthcare focus today but when we talked leading up to today's interview, you said a few things about what's going on in the marketplace and where you know why there is opportunity today for a business like yours. Uh, maybe just talk me through uh, what you're focused on now and uh, what maybe some you know new technology, ChatGPT, and kind of changes in the cost of capacity and data management. Why there's opportunity today and what you're focused on.
0: Sure, sure, yeah. Um, I mean, there's there's just a lot of excitement, a lot of, a lot of different changes that are happening that are really, you know, kind of like you said, changing the game and in the software development space, both, you know, from a SaaS perspective and if, you know, for those who want to create their own custom application. I think in the past, uh, if you wanted to create your custom application, I mean, you had that, like, you know, a million dollar budget. And uh, yeah, I'm being a little facetious there, but a very large budget. And you would have to uh, hire these developers for some period of time. It was a whole deal. So fa- fast forward a few years later, and it's become a lot easier for a number of reasons. I mean, one, you've got companies like AWS, like Microsoft, Google, and others who have built these platforms. And they have these kind of plug-in items, if you will, that email engines, chat engines, things that don't have to develop from scratch that people use over and over again. And so that's enabled us to lower costs and really take 80% of the code that's already created and utilize that for many common functions that go across industries. We're focused on healthcare, but lots of member portals, provider portals, partner portals, whatever you want to call them, have chat, email engines, have a similar interface of communicating and it's something that us as a custom application development company can take advantage of and also give that to customers and customize it for their workflow versus say, you know, a SaaS company that is has lots of different users and is focused on making all of those user types and company types that they have fit all of their workflows. Right. And there's pros and cons to, to each of these models. I'm saying one model is better than the other depends on your situation but one thing that has changed is that we are now able to offer a model that you can or you know software that you can own and that you can therefore own at a much lower cost than you could have in the past i have to maintain mm-hmm. that and some other things but but there's that i mentioned you mentioned chat gbt and how that's coming in and where that's coming in a couple of ways one is on the development side we've seen Less of a need to have junior developers because basically you can just ask Chat GPT to develop code to do X, Y, and Z, and then it will actually pull up the code for you. And it's usually about 80% there. And you have to know the questions to ask it. And as long as you know the questions to ask, you can reduce development costs tremendously. And then you can incorporate Chat GPT into your software, right? So imagine. I just used Expedia the other day. I was booking a trip. I had to rebook it. They partnered with ChatGPT, and basically says, <laughs> you know, you need to change your your booking. What do you need to do? I was like, I need to, you know, reduce it by two days. So it says, oh, you, so you need to change the checkout date from March 29th to March 27th. And I was like, yes. Uh-huh. And they're like working on it. Done. That was it. I didn't have to. Before, wow. I would have had to go in and, and clicked and selected the date, done all the work myself, right? And just did it you know, for me. So right. that's just one of the many ways that we're seeing the use of both on the back end and on the front end for customers. Some exciting things going on there.
1: Yeah, so those kind of new, old, new approaches to <laughs> developing software, having sold in that, in generally in that industry and led in it and consulted with a lot of companies in enterprise software, in SaaS, and sort of everywhere in between, When I hear this, I'm like, okay, this has direct implications for how these solutions get sold. With SaaS companies, SaaS sales forces over the last several years have been, many of them sort of the steady drumbeat of product-led growth, and we've really got to be narrow in our focus. We've got to have a, a, a crisp message, all true. But that's entirely different than the kind of selling cycle you would have when you're engaged with an enterprise that needs to develop its own, wants to develop its own, and own its own. Technology, right? right? right. Absolutely. So, yeah. So for those listening, that's the uh, sort of the lens that I that I apply or how I hear that. I filter this information out and I think, whoa, hang on a second. People who've been selling in as a service organizations have been selling a certain way, and the market, whether they know it or not, is going to force them to change.
0: Yeah, they'll have to defend on you know something I had really had to defend on it bef- before. It used to be with SaaS, it was. It still is largely, but is there's a monthly fee or an annual fee that you have, and you're usually competing against other SaaS companies, right? Now they're going to start coming up against someone that maybe over a two-year period of time can create the same or similar product to the SaaS offering they have. And within a year and a half, two years, sometimes three years, they will have spent money on and, and own that software over that period of time. And it's not exactly the same. It won't be as probably as full featured, but it will be exactly what they want, maybe depending on the, who the developer is. But, but that that would be something they, you know, mentioning selling differently, how they, you know, they may have not come across that before, but I, I would anticipate that they're going to come across that in uh, the future. The other thing is just plugging in other things that your current SaaS company doesn't do. We do lots of add-ons. So ChatGPT will probably be one of the add-ons that like, I want, I, you know, I have this SaaS software, but it doesn't do X, Y, and Z, and I want it to have this interface. Can you add that in? And depending on how open that SaaS software program is will depend on whether that you can do that or not.
1: So if you're listening to this conversation and you're either selling or leading or both and you're in the SaaS space, heads up, right? What's happening around you. What's going on in the marketplace means you're going to have different kinds of competition and different levels of sales capability that you have to contend with from a competitive standpoint. Probably a lot more to say about that, Mark. I might have you back just for a conversation just about that. But the rest for today, what I want to focus on is you've been a sales leader in several places and you have really interesting perspectives. So let me just dive into... Some of the things you've learned. So from the top, what would you say is the most important lesson you've learned so far about leading a sales team or a sales organization?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I I really have to go back to a couple of key things. One is is really proper call planning. Believe it or not, I think is is one of the most important lessons I've I've learned and and tried to pass on to my sales teams that I've seen really make a difference. And having a high producing effective sales team versus kind of a sales team that who wings it a bit. And you've got this, you know, these really high level performers who carry the, the, the top old baby 20 rule, the top 20% carrying the 80. If, if you can get that call planning, you know, discipline built in, uh, and that, that's a you know, There's a lot to unpack under what the call planning is, but you know, spending questions and yeah. doing your homework, uh, around you know who are you calling on having a hypothesis of what problem that the customer might have all of those things um, but that that's been uh, one of the most important lessons is really working with the team to do that what's
1: behind it like what is it about a, what does it tell you if it, about a culture or a team when you see that sort of focus on planning
0: and there's different levels of, of this right I mean at the high level you've get kind of territory planning looking at you know how i'm looking at the year you know and that's usually how we started out we look at you know let's look at let's look at the year ahead i've got x number of customers i've got you know these prospects and target accounts that i want to go after and thinking about how am i going to back into my my number and how am i going to reach that that target growth number so you start with that high level and then you know on a daily basis as you go make calls We had forms we we developed and customized for every sales team I've ever had. And we usually jointly develop those with the sales managers that worked with me and or the sales, you know, high-performing salespeople. And we would go through and talk about one of the top three things that you need to know about your, you know, the account that you're calling on and generally focused on problem areas, whether they be common problem areas to that industry or you just know there's certain things with that account because you've dealt with them a while, or it's in the news, or it's a common issue. And then you you know you develop questions around those things, and you develop a hypothesis on uh, what the problem is, what the implications are, and obviously you know what what would happen if you were able to fix that or help them help the customer fix that problem. So it's developing questions around that. We would talk about call planning, you know, sit down. With with my rep for, hey, we're going to do ride alongs next week, let's sit down, let's look at your, your call plan, go through it. And I think it was, you know, helpful, you know, and I heard this ton of times that it's helpful to have someone else looking at that with them and going through their call plan and saying, what about his, his question or that question? And I was lucky enough to have some great sales guys that I learned a lot from and I would take what they did and I would apply it to the next rep who I was riding along with and say, you know, Hey. Scott over here had we we use this call plan we use these questions at accounts similar to yours and I think it worked really well why don't we apply that here too and you know that uh, kind of sharing so that's that's why I like call planning because it's written down it's planned it's something you can use over and over again mm-hmm. you know is
1: so if I'm listening to this and I'm a leader I might be like okay that's uh, it's very specific it's pretty tactical but. We're getting together and being thoughtful about our approach to developing relationships, developing needs, and frankly, getting customers out in the marketplace who are motivated to act, right? who are taking action on our offering. But we're also, the other thing that you said that I want to pull out of this is that you're learning too as a leader. Right? You're, you're realizing, okay, there's a scenario that we're going to face often and there's a set of questions or there's areas that we need to be exploring that I'm not sure my other other members of my team are thinking about. How do I take that and translate that into something of value for them? So, so that's what I'm hearing here. It's not just we have to have the discipline of planning, but as a leader, it sort of pays off dividends in a number of ways. It's we're spending the time together. We're collaborating. I'm also learning and finding ways to add value for other members of the team. And it's just we're just being thoughtful Absolutely. together, right? Well, and,
0: and if you really look at, at what a sales team is all about and the sales leadership team is, you know, how they're effective, it's it's building, you know, it's, one key area is building trust with your team. And I, I found this was another great vehicle for that because you're planning together, you're looking at the account, you're getting your hands dirty. I mean, you know, I've gone through lots of different sales management folks who work with me that some very heads on, hands off, and very strategic, and that's great. And there's there's time to place for that. I, I also think that most of the sales teams that I worked on, the sales guys want to see you get your hands dirty with them. And I find this is you know again a great again a great mechanism for for doing that, building that trust, building that relationship, and really learning about what these guys are actually doing every day, and going on those ride-alongs with them and Breaking down the call afterwards. I mean, we, we had a coaching sheet who you know you um, developed with you. You know that we had that we we used uh, after the call. We okay, this is the object, call objective. These are the questions. This is what we wanted to. Do, you know, how did we do? Let's break it down. And so that's that was uh, hugely impactful. It was one of the things that I think you know made our teams grow and have a competitive advantage just by having some of these tools in place that we could use to, you know, have more effective, you know, sales calls.
1: You know, it's a great example of what it really looks like when a manager rolls up their sleeves.
0: Driving great sales results is hard. Doing it consistently is even harder. There are so many obstacles that can prevent you from becoming the most effective sales leader you can be. Find practical advice you can apply right away by picking up your copy of Matt's book, The Divine Comedy of Sales, at www.divinecomedyofsales.com.
1: I had a, uh, as a quick anecdote, I once had a CEO I worked for telling me that I wasn't, I didn't roll up my sleeves enough. Meaning, well, I'll, I'll tell you what I think of what he really meant. Meanwhile, I'm investing regularly in call planning, opportunity planning, account planning, like engaging, and then going out on calls and playing a role with salespeople. So for me, rolling up my sleeves in that particular role was going through kind of what you're talking about, really trying to understand the market and learning from the conversations people are having, but being there for them to help them think through their approach to a specific call or maybe to navigating a deal right? managing an opportunity. It turns out, I think, in that example, the, the CEO I'm talking about, when he, wa- when he wanted me to roll up my sleeves more, what he wanted me to do was do people's jobs for them. Like go out and make these calls and don't worry if there was a plan, right? And so that was so, you know, that was anathema for me. But the point is for your teams that rolling up your sleeves looks a lot like what you're talking about. Like this, let's get, let's get down into the dirt and figure some of this out. I'm going to be there to help you think it through. I'm not just going to show up at the end to help you close it, right? but there's a role I can play early and that's where call planning needs to happen. So that, that's uh, a great, a great note for people listening. Mark, as I've talked to you, we've had a lot of conversations over the years about selling and leadership. And one of the things I enjoy most about talking with you is you think about this stuff a lot. And I think that's because you love it.
0: Yeah, I do. I'm a student of it.
1: If you could boil it down, what what would you say you love most about leading salespeople specifically?
0: You know, I think it's 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 two things. It's growth and learning from them. So, you know, growth side when go back to the call plan example, when you see them develop a call plan, go use it, ask these questions, and then pull out this giant problem along with the implications and and what it would mean to the to the customer to solve that problem, and you actually see that happen. It's to me, it's so rewarding because it just turns that that salesperson on to. Really understanding the value of what they're there for, and it's to be consultants. You know, it's it's really is if you're a professional sales rep, you're doing your homework, you're under you're, you're doing enough work ahead of time, and it's easier than ever to do with the internet and ChatGPT. You can do a lot of homework there. We I use it. I'm using it a ton to research clients and and you know what they they may be up to and some of the trends that are going on and walk in with these. Really pointed questions around a a problem that's highly relevant to these customers, and then being able to tee up a a really meaningful conversation around how your product or service can help them. So that's been been huge. And then on the learning side, just seeing different styles and approaches for that, I had a guy who called Johnny. he was had a lot of confidence in uh, what he could bring, and he did his homework. And he would really challenge his clients in a way that I hadn't seen before and it would, would not be my approach because it's not my personality, but it's his and it works for him. Uh-huh. And he was able to basically use our own data that we had on, on this market and just show this customer how they were failing completely. And he just said it to them. <laughs> I was like in that call, going, "Oh my god!" Yeah. Would, yeah. Wow. Uh, it was very uncomfortable, but he was so comfortable making customers uncomfortable that they were co- that is, they came around to being comfortable to talk about it, and they'd come out and just spill the beans. Yeah, we suck at that, or whatever. And yeah, yeah. And and like I said, not everybody can pull that off, but that was uh, one of the things I learned. You know, that made me uh, nollie with my own sales uh, when, I, when I would sell, but with others to challenge them a little more to have these real conversations with customers and get at a problem. Don't be afraid of it. Don't dance around it. I think we dance right. around it too much. So.
1: Yeah. you know that's, um, There's a thread here and I'm interviewing other people, other sales leaders, people that I've, I've come across over the years. And so far in a few of the conversations, there's a connection between something you said and I've heard something I've heard from a few other people which is it's not only as a leader, when I'm investing in sort of coaching and developing others, I love, the seeing, I love seeing people grow, certainly. That's really rewarding, right? But I'm also getting something back. I'm learning yeah. along the way. And that's the thing. I think everybody gets the first part, right? It's rewarding to help somebody else achieve something they otherwise wouldn't. It's the, what am I getting back? Which isn't necessarily why you go into the role, right? You, you, but the people that I know who are the best leaders, always say some version of that when I ask them, what do you love about this work? It's like, I'm learning. Yeah, I, you know, I'm always learning, but if I can learn from the experiences and the approaches that other people try and, you know, where they succeed and where they fail, that's enough for me. I won't tell anybody that because I like the, all the other perks of the job, but <laughs> if I can just be learning, then I know I'm developing because I'm, I'm, you know, seeing all of these different things. And that was my experience too. Like, I learned, I've learned a ton from people that I've coached and developed over the years. And um, they say you absolutely learn things, you learn things really well by teaching them. And sometimes it's in the process of preparing to teach, but it's in the process of watching someone else learn. You're like, whoa, wait a minute. I had no idea she was going to do that with what we talked about. That was really cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. just, uh, I think that is huge to see how people can take what you're, you're talking about with them and what you're working on with them, and put their own stint on it. And yeah, 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 it's it's hugely rewarding, and it's obviously something that, as I think, as a sales leader, you have the the pleasure and the um, you know ability. That a few people have to share those things mm-hmm. with others, and I think in sales and sales leadership, it's to me a little unique. Is you get to know your salespeople really well. You 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 know, it's, there's not too many other careers where you fail a lot. And succeed this small percentage. It's almost like baseball—you're only really hitting the ball, yeah, you know, you know, two, three times out of ten if you're lucky. It's sort of similar with sales, and so you know, you're you right. know, sort of leader and you're there with them as they go through these successes and failures, and you get to know them really well. You get know, to kind of build that trust, and then you know, you learn a lot together, and, and you, know, you, you should. Yeah,
1: yeah. Mark, this has been fabulous. Yeah, I've enjoyed it too. I'm going to summarize a few quick ideas for people listening so they can kind of grab some of the things you've shared from your experiences. And uh, before I go there, I want to say thank you for giving the time. It's been a great conversation. I really appreciate it. And uh, I have a feeling I'm probably going to have to have you back because we're going to have to have more conversation about what's going on in the sales landscape. So if you're open to that, I'll be back in touch. Absolutely. Very good. Well, th- thank you very much, Mark, for the time. Really appreciate it. Great. Thanks, Matt. I want to thank Mark McCary again, currently a partner at Sirius Development, longtime uh, friend and colleague over the years. He's such a pro. So I'm just going to highlight a few things that we heard from Mark. And again, like in other episodes, the call to action here for you listening to the show is let's think about some of the things that Mark shared, some of the things he's learned about leading salespeople, uh, some of the key approaches he's taken. Let's think about how they apply to your world. And that's something that I will leave with you. But before that, let me summarize a few things that we heard. When I asked Mark about key lessons he's learned, uh, he went straight down into something very specific, which was the impact of proper call planning and planning in general. And when we dug into that and we, we looked at what, what does that really indicate, right? Because it's not just about planning calls, but something about what planning calls implies about our culture, about discipline, about our approach and how we work together. And that's really what Mark described to us. That, that when we go to the trouble and we can make planning a regular part of how we work as a team, it's certainly an indication of the fact that, number one, we're thoughtful um, and, and that comes through loud and clear when we're engaging with our clients. We've actually thought about this. We have a plan. We know what questions we want to ask. We know generally what we're going to propose as a next step if this conversation goes well for you. So I thought that was really a key thing. Uh, he also said one of the things that he loves about the role is he loves the growth, meaning others' growth, but he also loves learning from his people. We've heard that before, right? There's a a connection between what Mark said and a few of the other interviews uh, that maybe you've already listened to or that are are to be published that you'll hear soon, that great sales leaders are learning all the time. It's not a one-way street where they are teaching their people and they're not getting anything back. They're not learning. To the contrary, in Mark's case, right? He's like, I learn from my people every day. And I know for a fact, having observed him in many different scenarios over the years, that he takes that learning and he applies it, right? So he's gotten progressively better and better over the years and more effective as a leader and as a seller based on what he's learned. And so Mark is a seriously thoughtful guy. I also enjoyed the conversation we had at the very start about what's going on in the marketplace and how some technological advancements today, he talked about chat GPT, but we also talked about really the, the, the increasingly low cost of capacity, the, the, the reduced cost of data management. So companies that maybe have been considering as-a-service offerings for the last few years can finally look very seriously and handle investments into building their own software, very specific to their environment. Technologically speaking, I can't speak to the difference between one offering and another. But I I do know what that means for professional sellers. That the game is changing right now. It's spring of 2023. If you're listening in this season or in the future, you may already be feeling the effect of changes to sales based on expectations that clients have of what technology can do for them. That's really what Mark was trying to point out. So he's such a great guest. I look forward to having him back, perhaps in future episodes. Uh, In the meantime. The challenge is, what can we take from what Mark has learned and the discipline that he applies to planning with his teams and apply it to your world? This is Matt McDarby, author and host of the Divine Comedy of Sales podcast. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. I will look forward to having you join us. See you soon.